You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Crump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Manning, end zone, Manningham for the touchdown. Welcome to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football grump, and with me as always is Mike, the number one Cranky Fan. <laughs> What's up, Grump? <laughs> Look, the the face of radio needs new faces, so uh, we're here. It's, it's a very it's a very sad day and very sad week with uh, number one leaving tomorrow as we tape this on a Thursday night. So we need someone to pick up the mantle, and I recommend uh, I nominate the Grump. Yeah, I'll handle, be happy to take it. That one that one to six thirty time slot. I can <laughs> see that happening. Yeah, sure. Give me some get me some uh, sponsors so I don't have to work, and I'll find shit to talk about. I'll set up. I'll set up for a sponsor for this show. So, you know, once again, this show is sponsored by alcohol. Uh, yeah. That's all we really have at this point. So. <laughs> Do we really need more? <laughs> when uh, when Francesca's gone forever, be sure to check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. We'll replace that void in your life. Um, and you won't even notice a difference. might even be better. You might actually learn something. Yeah, so just go to SoundCloud.com, search for Just Giants. You don't even need to make an account, although it helps. Um, if you subscribe to us there, our stuff will appear automatically in your feed. Every time we upload something, makes it super helpful, and we can uh, make you ride into work a lot more enjoyable than getting frustrated sitting in traffic. Um, iTunes, real simple. Just search for us in the podcast in the iTunes store. Everything is free. Yeah. The only thing that's free for Eli Apple might be an ass whooping, apparently. Uh, so that's that's the uh, the big story heading into this. So I, I guess the backstory we all know has been escalating probably since the beginning of the year. He ended last year on a fairly high note, you know, for a rookie year. It did not go so badly. Um, he started the year okay, and then he just, you know, his play kind of fell down a little bit. He was part of that defensive backs, uh, whatever you want to call it, sort of lack of effort. Yeah, Yeah. uprising, um, acting out, attitude issue. Uh, Was benched. Was benched. Yeah, and and, you know of the uh, of the three guys, him, Janoris Jenkins, and Dominic Rogers Camardi is the only one who has not rebounded from that. You know, Jenkins came back after being called out and played a really good game. Um, and had, honestly, a very strong start to his year. Rodgers Camardi had his issue where he was suspended a game also. Um, and, you know, he has since actually not only come back, but has been more vocal about his role as a veteran and a leader. Um, you know, Landon Collins n- never really had his play fall off too much. He's had some plays that were real head scratchers, but never whole games, I don't think. He hasn't been he hasn't been hundred percent healthy though. Yeah, well, I don't think any of these guys have been, with the exception. You no, know, no, no exceptions. Uh, I think they've all had their problems. Jenkins, we didn't learn about until after um, that he was dealing with an ankle injury for, you know, about half the year. Um, but Eli Apple has not come back to play even, which is which is really concerning now that, you know, with Steve Spagnuolo as the interim head coach, he's a defensive guy. And Davis Webb is sort of an enigma, right? So I guess what the hell does Steve Spagnuolo know about Davis Webb to suddenly activate him with only three weeks left? You know, you can argue one way or another, but, you know, it's not as if Spags has had a whole lot of 
time to look at Davis Webb in practice. And Eli frankly, Apple, on the other hand, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Intimate knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Knows so, everything is going. Probably knows as much. Probably knows more about him than you know McAdoo knew about him. Being in, in all the the meeting rooms and everything with him, so. Absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Eli Apple has been out, and there's sort of been what felt like to me as excuses going on about how why he wasn't playing. He's dealing with some nagging injuries, but they weren't, they didn't sound serious. It didn't seem like he was too hampered or anything like that. Then, you know, he was gone for a pair of weeks because he was attending to his mother, who was undergoing some serious medical attention. Um, and then he kind of the last week just fired off like a bratty teenager um, about why he wasn't playing. You know, he had since deleted the tweets, but during game time had responded to a fan on Twitter saying that the reason he wasn't playing sarcastically was that he was too healthy. Um, You know, there was the whole thing we covered about him retweeting an Ohio State fan Twitter uh, praising Rod Smith. Um, That whole thing. And... What has since happened is, and we, we also talked about this in the last episode, is uh, you know Landon Collins potentially being a leader. And I thought Landon Collins handled a very good and leader type interview. You know the way he answered questions about Eli Apple, and you know he said that they have had sit downs with him. They being you know some veterans, including himself, sit downs about his his bad year because you know whatever there's slumps and whatever, and. You know, he was very positive about it, said that it was a really just, you know, a mental thing for him. He had to get himself right, but he has all the talent in the world. Since then, Eli Apple has pretty much come out and said, like, I've never sat down with the, with uh, Landon Collins. You want to take it from here? I mean. I don't know. I mean, you could say, you know, the Landon Collins, even the comments he made might have been like, you know, do you even want to talk to the press about what's going on behind locker room doors? That's fine. But for Eli Apple just to basically say that didn't happen and being defiant of these leaders. And then the uh, the tweet that came out from Landon at uh, 4.09 p.m. today basically said this was after the interviews and everything. He tweets out, tweet about that and watch what happens 100 percent. So. That is a, you know, obviously a veiled threat to Eli Apple. He better watch his mouth. So just another distraction from that secondary. And I don't know what those, you know, position room meetings are like on a week in and weekend basis. But you, you have – it's like a group that everybody kind of hates each other and, and just causes problems. I, I don't know if this, you know, is something because of the, the coaching staff that people just are tuned out or just a bunch of guys that read too many – press clippings from last year or what, but this is part of that purge that has to happen in this off season. Yeah. And I don't think Eli Apple is going to survive this. Yeah. It's really weird. So it's, it's kind of strange because it could go one of two ways, right? He may have played himself right off this team or he may get a completely clean slate, but you know, regardless, he's playing on a team next year. Um, No team is going to pass up a chance on a second year. Very young player. He's a young guy. Um, You know, he, they may be, he might get a free pass you know, with the new coaching staff, but is he going to get a free pass from Landon Collins next year or you know, DRC if he's back next year? I really Jake don't know. I, I mean it's, it's strange because we don't know what the relationship is really like. He could be like your, your bratty little brother that like sometimes you just want to smack him, but you, you, know, you spend yeah, so much time with him. You, 
Yeah, that Bradley I, I, little brother usually grows up, and you're seeing this guy, you know, devolve into. Oh know, my God, it gets more worse. Bratty. It keeps getting yeah. worse. I, I don't understand the defiance of you know saying that never happened. You know, I don't. I don't get it. Like, first of all, you wanted to. The last thing you want to be is someone that's the target of the New York media, where all of a sudden you become a negative story because it will snowball out of control very fast. You know, you'll be on every back page. You'll be talked about on the fan. You'll be talked about in social media. And the fans around here have no time for bullshit. And you compact that. You're on a, you're on a bad team. It's going nowhere. You know, it's not quite spring training yet. So you're not going to get any Yankee coverage or anything. And, you know, no one cares about hockey until the playoffs. So right now the target is on the Giants. You know, the Jets are irrelevant. No one cares about them. So when something like this happens – you saw how it blew up with the Eli story. I mean, that Eli story is not as big of a deal in you know, 95% of the other NFL cities. This is probably not as big of a deal either in other cities, but guess what? It's New York. And it's the Giants. And you don't want to be on the wrong side of that avalanche. And him saying stuff to contradict, to try to defuse something, is only making it worse, and he's going to lose this battle. So, first of all, I don't think he's smart enough. I don't think he's mature enough to understand that, you know. He's not really from here, so he hasn't really been totally exposed to the media. I, I understand that, you know, he was here last year or whatever, but to see a story go so far south and, you know, what the repercussions are from, you know, one stupid yeah, but, sentence, I don't think he's that smart. Not not yeah, saying he shouldn't the, be, the, but... The Giants have plenty of guys, you know, from, uh, what's his name, true. Pat Hanlon down, who their job is media relations. Yeah. Their job is... You know, that's why most of these guys sound the same in, in interviews, or 98% of them, because they're all coached to say things a certain way. Mm -hmm. You know, you answer a question in the most vanilla way. It's not because they're all robots, they have nothing to say. They've been coached. This is how you handle each, these type of things with the media. You know, get out as fast as you can, don't make any waves and things. So when this is snowballing out of control, I, I just can't believe that nobody on the Giants, this, again, this is the Giants. This isn't some rogue team like the Jets or. You know, the, the Raiders who just say stupid things time and time again. It's just something is weird about this organization in the last two years or so. I don't know what it is. You know, Mayor acting strange with the, the Eli thing and, you know, obviously a bad hire with McAdoo and getting very jetsy. And this is a very jetsy type of headline. Yeah, it really is. Now, when Landon Collins says tweet about that – is, do you think he's referring to something we don't know about, some sort of encounter the two of them had or some conversation the two of them had or or just something well, I, we don't know about? Or do you think he's just talking specifically about like, you know, tweet about this interview or, you know, whatever? I think he's using the, the reference, you know, about the fact he tweeted on Sunday. It's kind of like, OK, big mouth, you're going to tweet about that stuff, but you tweet about this something in-house, mm -hmm. there'll be real repercussions. So I yeah. think it might be a combination of the comments he had made earlier and just overall, like their relationship. Like, listen, basically, rookie, you know, you haven't earned the right to have a voice yet. So, uh, I don't know. I like to be a fly in the wall. That would be a good, you know, they always have um, hard knocks when you have to go through a preseason with an NFL team. Yeah. You should have did a hard knocks with the secondary, the Giants, this whole year. That would be a drama. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
I don't know. I just want to shake the fucking kid and just tell him to grow up. I mean, I know that it's difficult being a public figure and not being perfect, but it's so obvious, like, how much worse you make it for yourself. At a certain point, you just got to accept when you don't do things right and work harder. Uh, You know, and it sounds easy to say, but really is as easy as that. You know, you just you got to move forward because moving backwards doesn't help anyone. Well, remember, we, we said this in the last podcast. We don't know who the leaders of this team are. Compound that in the fact that, you know, we have an interim coach who these players, they all know they're going to be here next year for the majority of them, the ones that are, you know, the leaders of the young guys. They don't know if Spagnola is going to be back next year or the rest of the coaching staff. So really, who is there to give them any discipline from a coaching level or from a, you know, a self-discipline, you know, in, in the locker room? So – so, He's got uh, two strikes against him right now. So, you know, I think Landon Collins' interview was a step forward to him he, being a leader, especially if it's true that he had a sit-down with Eli Apple at certain times during the year to kind of reassure him that everything's going to be okay just because you're in a slump. Um, just get your head yeah, right. What's, but, the definition of, what's the definition of a sit-down? Is it like actually, hey, man, let's go, let's go talk about this? Or, hey, motherfucker, stop this shit now. Which you might consider, oh, that was just a sit down. So we don't know the context of what these meetings were, and that's something. If he just told them, "Hey, shut the fuck up," that might not be something that uh, you know Eli Apple considers a sit down. I mean, again, we don't know all the facts. We heard, of course not, one side of a story where we were kind of proclaiming the guy to be a leader. Yeah, which we don't really know with the with the. Uh, well, I guess that's my question, right? Uh, do you think the tweet is a step backwards for Landon Collins as a leader? Uh, threatening one of your teammates on social media when social media has been a touchy thing with this team in the last five days is not a smart move. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if maybe he had no other way of reaching out to him to to get his attention at that point. Then you're not a leader. If you have to, if you have to result to the, the nameless, faceless, you know, conversation with somebody that the whole world can see at the same time. Well, I mean, you have to, you have to reach out to. A person who's not willing to listen to you. You think you think if landing if, if Eli Apple goes on the interview and then walks or whatever press conference, walks out of the room and has a, a phone call from Landon Collins, do you think he's answering the phone? He also he, has he the answer text this from tweet. Yeah. Well no, <laughs> but he's seen it and he maybe he knows now to shut the hell up. I, I don't know. So, no, I don't think it's a step forward for him as a leader. I think it might be a step backward, but I don't know what other choice he had. Uh, did his job though to be the to continually be, you know, the house nanny of the secondary and of this defense and maybe of this team? If the defense, if yeah, if the, if these yes, you you have to take control of whatever you're given. Um, it it sucks that that's what it is, but that's the only way it gets be- better is if you take control of it. So yeah. yes, it's your job. If that if you are going to be the leader, then even if you're not going to be the leader, if you're going to be a part of the defense and. It's everyone's job. The leaders have to do the most of it, but everyone has to hold everyone accountable. Well, that's the problem with this team, and especially this, you know, this defense in the secondary is who's holding who accountable. You know, all of these acts that have, you know, led to suspensions or just, you know, quitting on plays and quitting on games and stuff. If he's a leader, he's not doing a very good job of what we've seen. <laughs> so. Yeah. And again, Landon Collins has only been in the league. This is his what fourth third, year, third, third year, third year. That's a lot to uh, 
If you remember when the Giants back in 2007 had that leadership committee yes. that Coughlin started? Mm-hmm. And that was a real changing point for that team because I remember and talking about this we, with you way back in the day or even before that saying that Coughlin will never have control of this team as long as these veterans like Strahan, you know, or Tiki Barber would always be so vocal and kind of doing their own thing. And one of the ways he tried to reach out to him was that leadership committee. Now, granted, that leadership committee had a bunch of veterans who had been on this team a long time. What is the leadership committee in 2017 for the Giants? I mean, Landon Collins, a, a third-year guy in the league who, you know, mixed results or if he's getting through to some of these guys. So, you know, it it worked at the time based on the, the personnel we had. I don't know if it'd be effective right now. I don't know that – I mean – it can be effective right now, but it, when you're talking about right now, you're talking about a combination of several things. There's no Band-Aid here. This is a no. surgery operation. So that's why, that's why you might see the baby get thrown out with the bathwater and some yeah. of these things. Well, yeah. Eli then, Apple. By baby, I mean Eli Apple. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean like that's someone where you don't want to give up on a talent like him. But you know something? If you're trying to change a culture that's a big mess right now. You can find Eli Apples all over the place. Yeah, it just sucks because he's a first round, uh, high first round pick with the talent to boot. But you know, you know this. If you're gonna purge, purge all at once. Yep, that's what I, that's I think we're all kind of hoping for, which yeah. I think kind of is gonna lead into our probably segue into our next conversation, uh, the search for the new GM. Sure. Yeah. Um, interviews are starting next week. Uh, There was some very early and, in my opinion, lazy reporting that Dave Gettleman was somehow like a front runner. And then the more you read into it, it just seemed like the same old story we had already heard that Ernie, of course, he really likes him. He's not really a front runner because they haven't done any interviews yet. Exactly. You're not going to hire Ernie, of course, to be your consultant for this when he has one guy in mind. Yeah, no. You know, you kind of go around the middleman and just hire the guy that you wanted anyway. That's not to say Dave Gettleman won't be the guy. I just don't think he – I just think those early reports were just filling the gap. Well, it's just – you said lazy and it's absolutely – it's, you know, the familiar. You know, think about everybody's ever been connected to the Giants. they become a favorite. Why? Because they were a coach here, you know, 15 years ago or yeah, something? Nick Saban interviewed like a million years ago for this job and now everyone connects him to every possible head coaching void the Giants have had. Hey, look, if Bill Belichick retires this year, they're going to say in two years, when he come out of retirement, he was our DC, you know, a thousand years ago. Yeah. No, probably, right. but no, it's not going to happen. Right, right. That so being said, to- uh, I think, I know, I know that they're trying to clean house, but Kevin Abrams sounds like he has just as much of an opportunity as uh, Dave Gettleman. Uh, he, he really seems like he understands his team. And the faults that it has, you know, I I know he was the assistant to Jerry Reese, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he falls under the same line of thinking as Jerry Reese in terms of accumulating skill talent and just kind of making do and making budget decisions on core talent. Um, My my gut instinct is he's going to fall in that same bucket as Spagnola. Yeah. Wrong time. Yeah. Wrong time to stay in-house. Maybe if, uh, you know... Maybe after last year, if Jerry Reese had retired for some reason after going eleven and five, 
it might be more palatable, but I think the way everything kind of completely fell apart, I think if you're going to change the culture, you're changing the culture. And I even think even Dave Gettleman's changing the culture because, you know, his, you know, his fingerprints are over a lot around this team. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. And I, I think he's still a long shot, but I, I actually put him at a higher percentage of being retained than, um, Steve Abrams? Spagnolo, yeah, Abrams. Um, and yeah. the reason why is that he was essentially the cap genius for this team. And yeah. if there's one thing that under Jerry Reese we've never had an issue with, it's the cap. Never. No. Um, I mean, and even when you take into account like some of the the insanely cheap signings that we had, people like Geno Smith. Uh, Brandon Marshall, just to name the most recent ones. Uh, even DJ Fluker, cheap guy. You know, a, a, I don't want to say world class talent because that's a little over the top, but I mean, you know, a former first round pick. Yeah, from former first round pick, Geno Smith, former second round pick, coming off of an ACL tear, who was never given a real fair shot with the Jets. I don't think he's that good, but you know, I mean, these are all things that drove his price way down and they were able to leap on it and write a very lucrative deal for the Giants in terms of what they got versus what they paid. Brandon Marshall also. I mean, some of that is, you know, Brandon Marshall wanted to come here, but these are all things that they were able to do, you know, and then they had maneuvered the cap and all of their contracts are structured to their own benefit for the most part, for the most well, part. They've done the, they've done kind of the same thing that the Patriots have done for the last umpteen years. Yeah. They don't overspend for guys that have, if not a slightly in the decline or at the peak, they're just not spending the money on them. You know, JPP, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but he's one of those few guys that might kind of fall out of that range. Yeah, but there's so few and far between. I'm t- the cumulative product has been very yeah. good. Oh, I mean, of course. And Absolutely. it's not to be undervalued. I mean, you look at teams like the Cowboys, do you know why <laughs> – the Cowboys have nobody on defense worth mentioning is because they've been in cap hell for like the last seven years. Jerry Jones thinks he's in a fantasy football league. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with his signings, I mean, I guess part of, no, well, I have no idea, but it's not to be undervalued. How, how important Kevin Abrams has probably been to managing the cap and how, how that has helped this team. So I think he has a pretty good shot. Again, I think he falls victim to the same thing Steve Spagnuolo does in that it's just the wrong time to stay in-house. But regardless, I think they're going to want to keep him. As it's the a different skill GM. set. You're right. That That's a different skill set yeah. of uh, you know being a capologist as opposed to you know picking talent. It's one and, thing and to say. It's funny how GMs fall under those. T- you know, it's it's kind of how head coaches are. You know, are they offensive minded or defensive minded? It's sort of like GMs around the league. Are, are they talent guys or are they cap guys? Mm-hmm. So it, he's just he's one of those quiet guys you don't hear a lot about. I mean, not that you hear a lot about GMs in general, but uh, he just silently does a really good job. Um, and so I think he's retained. They're going to retain him no matter what. But I think he has probably, I would say, maybe even a better chance of of being the GM than Dave Gettleman. I really think Dave Gettleman is not going to be the guy. I, you know, the way he left Carolina and the way, you know, free agents or would be free agents were act- actively saying things like, "I am not even talking to this organization if he's a GM." I, I don't know how you even consider bringing him back. Yeah. It, it makes no sense. You know, that's the reputation you absolutely do not want. And, 
I, I don't see it. Yeah. Now, again, who that guy is, I don't know. You know. I am not a GM expert. No, neither but, uh, am I. But, <laughs> I mean, whoever does come in is going to have a really tough decision to make. Well, he's going to have tough decisions all over the place, but with Justin Pugh. Uh, Justin Pugh reports are saying that he is headed towards IR with his back in- issue. Um, I don't know that it makes a difference one way or another. You know, if it's just rest that he needs, then whatever. Just it, it doesn't matter if he's on IR or not. I mean, if you really want to evaluate talent, talent, and you want to throw somebody on the roster, fine. But it's not like they're going to play much in the next three weeks anyway. But I mean, how much does his injury affect his free agency, and how much his price will be? It's always somebody will overspend for anybody, and will yeah. take that risk. Um, if somebody wants him, they're going to sign him. So. I, I don't think it's going to be that much of a hindrance for any team. I don't think even the Giants are concerned about it because they probably know more about his medical than any other team out there would. Oh, sure. You know, their their doctors have been looking at him. You know, they've been you know monitoring the last several weeks and everything. So I don't know. I mean, do you think he's back? I mean, what's your gut instinct? My gut instinct I don't think- is I, I think he's back. Um, and the reason why is because. The continuity doesn't even matter. New system, new coach. You need continuity with your guys. Um, it's gonna. It was always gonna be him or Richburg, probably. Uh, Richburg is pretty much just gone at this point. With Brett Jones playing so well in his place, it's almost like there hasn't been a difference, or it, the difference has been positive, if anything. Justin Pugh offers too much. He he knows how to play three positions on the line. Um, and you talk about young leaders. He's definitely one of them. Not that you spend, but it's just an extra bonus. Um, and, you know, but the replacement, the replacement value to someone to replace him is probably higher. I mean, you're already looking at filling spots potentially at left tackle, right guard, right tackle. You really want to add left guard to that list, I say, only if another team is really going to outbid you for him. Yeah. Really go beyond whatever mark you set for him. I and think. There's so many things, and there's so many things we need to do on this team that you're going to, you know. Yeah overspend for a guy like him i don't know yeah well so we'll see my gut instinct is that he's back the giants want to keep him um uh, uh, you know everything is sort of up in the air though it's all question marks because we don't know who runs this team in the coming months so yeah um exactly that being said uh justin Pugh will not play on sunday eli apple is officially a healthy go but no announcement has been made Sunday at one o'clock at MetLife Stadium, the eleven and two Eagles will be coming to visit the two and eleven Giants without starting quarterback Carson Wentz. Um, do you think it makes a difference that Nick Foles is playing? No, no, me either. No, this team is too bad for a guy who is capable of filling a gap. And I mean, they can come out here with a script and tear us apart. You know, I don't know the numbers. I don't know the numbers in front of me, but like Nick Foles' numbers in his last twenty-five games are very, very comparable to Carson Wentz's last twenty-five games. Very comparable. You know, and the way this offense is run, I think you can plug a guy in who's been in the system, and and in a way they go. I mean, we're too depleted. We're too much, too far lost. That really makes against arguably one of the three best teams in the league. Yeah, there's no. Nothing tells you, well, they can probably win this game, the Giants. Nothing. No, no, nothing at all. Um, I do think Philly's playoff hopes are, are pretty dashed. Um, I think once they start going against better teams, I've always thought that they were going to struggle once they started playing better teams, and it was sort of proven in Seattle, but 
now without Carson Wentz, that's going to be an issue for them going forward. But this is this is a good game for Nick Foles to go in and get his first start this year because it's it's sort of like this is like the opening week where the Gators play Northwestern yeah. Alabama State. You know, some fucking team you've never even heard right. of, and it's like a it's like a warm up. Yep. So. Good way to get your feet wet. Yeah. Get the kinks out, get the bad throws out of the way, and right. then really start establishing a rhythm. So I, you know, it, it's it's sort of lucky the way that the schedule fell for them there, but uh, I just don't know that they're really going to be able to make a huge run when they start playing the, you know, the Seattle Seahawks again, you know? Yeah. It's just amazing that if we go, we look back to week, I guess it was week two, week three, where it took a 61-yard field goal to Philly to beat us. In Philly, wow! This was not a healthier team then. No, that's what I'm talking about. It just—it's so hard to believe that you know how the universe has changed since you know that day. You know how many guys we have in IR since then. You know we are we're a second coach in since then. You know it's just amazing how you know we we competed with, and that was we looked really good in that game too. We did or did? You no, know, it's just. We did look pretty good in that game. Yeah, pretty good. We should have we 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 should have beat them. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I would say like four out of the first six games should have been wins. Yeah, could have very well been. I don't know. Should should's a little bit of a strong word. Very well could have. I think I would say. Yeah. Yeah, and and it, you know, I guess at a certain level, with all the with all the heat that Ben McAdoo gets, it just kind of shows that. You know, what chance did he really have of winning by, like, week four with all the injuries on the team? Yeah. Uh, I mean, once once week four came around and ended, it was pretty much doomed. I, I think it's safe to say, though, Ben McAdoo was not fired because of on-field performance. No. It was no, but he was – yeah. His demeanor, his way he was handling the team, handling the media, handling, you know, untouchables on this team, handling everything. Yeah, so, you know what, and – this offense, it his offense just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And you know how I know? If you look at the amount of completions and attempts between Eli Manning and Carson Wentz, you'll notice something. Um, they have very similar attempts. Eli Manning has far more completions. The yards and touchdowns are so drastically different. And, you know, some of that probably could be attributed to the length of the season that has passed without star-wide receivers – you know what most of it is, though? The yards, it comes from the fact that the offense is a five-yard throw offense. I mean, yep. Yep. You're, how many check? How many checkdowns did Eli have last week? I don't know. It, it just felt like every completion was to Shane Vereen, Orleans Darkwa, or... Yeah, guys who do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, guys who do nothing. The guys that have no moves, guys who go down when you, when you fart in their direction. Well, they're all running backs. I mean... That's what I mean, yeah. Once you say that all your completions are to running backs, you already know that no throw is going over 10 yards. Um, You know, it's just... This offense just doesn't work. Um, And no matter what the coaching situation is next year, there there almost certainly will be some sort of culture shift to get back to a play action deep throw offense. I, I I can see it now, I can smell it. I know it's gonna seem like that, like oh always looking in the past, but you know what? You know, football 
scheme is cyclical. As well, as long as you have Eli Manning as your quarterback and you have a guy like Odell Beckham, you know, yeah, that's your best chance to be Bombs successful. <laughs> when Eli's no longer your quarterback and they bring in some other, maybe a mobile quarterback or someone who's, you know, more of a master of what McAdoo was trying to do or some sort of hybrid in between, it's your best chance of success is the talent that you have on your roster. Mm-hmm. Now, again, We'll put that giant asterisk behind. We don't know who's going to be in charge next year from a GM or a coaching standpoint. We don't know if Eli will be back. We don't know. We don't know anything. But logic would say, based on the the core of the talent that will be back next year, that would make the most sense. Yeah, and that's something we'll cover going forward. Uh, prediction for Sunday. Not as ugly as I think it might be. I think we'll lose, but I'm going to say sort of a similar game to the Dallas game where I think we kind of hang around for a while. You know, we kind of run out of gas, you know, we maybe foolishly try to, to blitz. <laughs> like that's what got burnt us in the last couple times last week. But I, I think we end up losing again, something like 27, 10, but it's close late third quarter. Yeah. I was going to say 27, 13. I think the Eagles come out in their first drive and they just tear us apart. Um, I think they come out on a second drive and, we kind of hold them to a field goal, and then from there on out, it's it's close for a long time, and then you know we just wear down because the offense can't move, the defense can't get any rest, and then it just the gap just starts widening, and I think it ends twenty seven thirteen. What's our weather forecast? Cold. It is cold. Um, you know, for those of you not in the area, we got dumped with a bunch of snow last night, uh, uh, Wednesday much- night. How much did you get out in New Jersey? Because uh, Grump is in New Jersey, and I am at home base in New York right now, New York City. So, so curious how much you got. I mean, I we only got like three inches out here. I happened to be out last night. I had no idea it was going to snow. So I went to leave uh, Buddy's house at 1245 thinking I'd get home by one, and nothing was plowed. So I didn't Doesn't get the home Grump till, work? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I didn't get home till 2 in the morning. I was going so slow wow. on the roads. And then, you know, I had to get my ass up at uh, 630, so – I, I rocked a good four-hour day today, four hours of sleep. And by the morning, yeah. it was cleaned up, kind of, but everybody was going really slow. So Yeah, we had just a dusting here in the city. Woke up, you know, 7 o'clock, and it wasn't even, it was even snowing. Looked out the window, and it started snowing. We got a little little, little dusting, nothing Yeah, major, it wasn't but... anything major. It just wasn't handled well out here, which is usually the story. Well, it's, it's going to be fucking cold. We're at that year, that time of the year, where, like, every game is, like, by the th- middle of the third quarter, you're like, oh, my God, I want this to be over. Um, kind of how I felt like this season to be, actually. Oh, I really – it's I, I just want this season to be over. This, this is torture, yeah. enduring this. You know? And I hate to say that because nothing good will happen between now and the end of the year, and only bad things will happen. Injuries could happen. You know, Even a win doesn't hurt, help anything if you're trying to get the higher draft pick. Yeah. It's just like I just want it to be done. Yeah. And having said that, if it's a tie game – Three minutes left in the third quarter. I'm going to be rooting for us to win, obviously. But yeah. it's just like, just get this thing over with, and let's start talking about the off season, rebuilding this this mess. Yeah, and we'll be talking about the off season um, quite a lot. This is going to be a busy one for us, as I've said numerous times. Um, and in between episodes, because our, our our episodes are probably going to go down to one a week, starting in the off yeah. season. 
Um, but I will be active on Twitter at football underscore grump. Um, I am very big into the off season. I love the draft process. I love watching college prospects and, you know, thinking about different ways that you can go in the off season with free agents and such. So um, I will have lots to say on there. Again, all of our episodes will always be on what will be uploaded with links uh, on Twitter at, at just giants pod. And uh, Mike is on Twitter a lot too. You find me on at, at the cranky fan as always. I'll just be pissed off because every one of my teams stink. So <laughs> now I'm in this deep malaise that I'll never see a playoff game again in my lifetime. So <laughs> come uh, misery loves company. So follow me on Twitter. Don't listen to that baby. Go giants. Go giants. Go giants.